We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome in, cheeseheads, to your Saturday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Instead of Jason Perone taking the lead this week, it'll be me, Paul Brettle, and of course, joined by Matt Fralick. And then we have a very special guest today. As you know, here on the Saturday edition of Packaday Podcast, we always begin each episode with our weather reports. So we have on Luke Sampy from CBS here in Green Bay, Channel 6 for the locals. Luke, we just want to say thank you for joining us, and how are you doing? How about we'll do a little math problem here first. Let's go six minus one. Oh, channel five. Sorry. Yes, I was thinking the cable version. <laughs> yes, channel five. <laughs> yes, on cable, it's probably six. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, again, thank you for joining us. And like I said, it's a perfect combination. Luke, uh, avid follower of the Green Bay Packers, and of course, his day job as a meteorologist. We just thought that this would be a terrific combination. So we'll start off every episode as we do, and we'll be kicking it over to Matt because we have a weather report. Matt, where are we coming from this week? An unexpected one. Martin hadn't reached out to me since probably before Thanksgiving, probably because the <laughs> daylight there in Sweden has been a little bit less. Uh, he said five hours of daylight right now, which is like, I think we had one a couple weeks ago from Poland or uh, Canada, and it's like, I don't know how they deal with that, but Martin is dealing with COVID right now, but he's battling pretty well, but he says, uh, I don't know when you guys are recording, but I want to get this over to the holiday. Um, it's perfect weather here in Sweden, temperature around 10 degrees Fahrenheit, so I guess that's all relative. Perfect. Uh, perfect. Sunny and snowy <laughs> on the ground, although the sun is only out, like I said, for five hours, which I don't understand how he deals with that. Just waiting on some football to start, whole family's in lockdown, like I said, because of COVID. He's comparing himself to Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully he can beat it the same, avoid the COVID toe as well. And um, other than that, he said Merry Christmas. And as we say in Sweden, or God Jewel. So I don't know what the hell that means. But Martin, thanks for sending that over, man. I appreciate it and get well soon. <laughs> and then typically, either Matt or I would tackle the Green Bay weather. But of course, we got Luke here. So Luke, Packers play on Christmas Day. How's the weather looking that day here in beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin? Well, you know, it's it's not going to be terrible um, from a game standpoint. We're not, but it's a little depressing because we're not going to have a lot of snow around for Christmas mm -hmm. Eve, uh, Christmas morning, you know, that sort of thing. So White Christmas is pretty much all but certain to not happen. But what could be happening through the day, especially on Christmas Day, and then more importantly through the game time, 
is that we could have some snow showers or even a light rain snow mix, kind of like a snowy mix. Uh, some of the information was showing it maybe after 9 or 10 a.m. local time, and then um, that could carry on straight through not only the tailgate, but then right on into the game time as well at times. Now, I'm not expecting a snow game or anything like that at this point, but um, it definitely would be there. Temperatures in the mid-30s, probably, you know, like a 37 or 36 degree high somewhere in there is what it's looking like at this point. So overall, pretty timid for Lambeau standards in, you know, late December even. Uh, But overall, yeah, things looking pretty quiet. So we probably won't see Aaron Rodgers in the turtleneck this week if we're going to be in that mid to upper 30 range. <laughs> Boy, that could be that could be literally like a game time decision because what's his number? It's like 30, I think it's 35, isn't it? Yeah, 34, 35, okay? right around there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he may go for it just because it's a later kick and obviously it cools off through the game. So, yeah, and there's going to be a stir north wind. You know, that's the other thing. You know, it may mm-hmm. not be, the air temp may not be too bad, but if you've got a north wind at 10 to 20, that can have an impact on the game, especially with our lovely special teams unit lately. Um, so we'll have to watch that. Uh, you know, it's going to be chilly. If you're a fan, if you're going to the game, um, you know, expect wind chills in the mid-20s. And one other weather question I have to ask, and maybe I'm just being a prisoner of the moment, but this last month has seemed very weird. I've either had to bust out the shovel or snowblower on three separate occasions. It's yep. been below zero once. It's been in the 60s. We had 60-plus mile-an-hour winds one day as well. Yeah. This is unusual, right? I mean, this isn't just me being a prisoner of the moment. Is this, yeah. like, one of the more weirder four-week spans that, I mean, you've seen during your tenure? Or is this just yeah. one of those things that happens? Well, the record warmth that we had on the 15th going into the 16th was obviously never done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, our records go back to 1886. So, and And it wasn't even like we just lightly smashed the records it was uh like sizable you know our record high on the 15th for instance was 49 and we hit 64 so this is just a huge huge anomaly for december what's also bizarre is for the first time in 50 years we had december tornadoes in the state we didn't have them here Mm -hmm. in eastern wisconsin but out west there was uh i believe they're up to four that they've confirmed so for the first time since 1970, we've had December tornadoes, which is also something you usually don't hear us talk about too much. And we don't. I mean, it's been 50 years. So, yeah, this has been a record-setting December, without a doubt. I just did a top five weather events of the year for uh, the TV station, and December took number one. Oh, I can imagine. So, yeah. it's it's been, it's been wild. As I said, everything I just listed off. But... And I will transition to our Packers talk, because I'm sure that's why you are all here. So, Luke, before we take a look ahead to Saturday's game with the Browns, just what are your overall thoughts on the team this year? Obviously, a lot of injuries they've had to overcome. But in general, how do you feel about their performance so far? And do you see them as their record shows one of the league's elite and a real Super Bowl contender? You know, I think so. I think um, kind of in some ways, uh, like that 2010-2011 year, their mantra, if you will, was find a way. And they've found, they've found a way to win games. It's not always been the big blowouts, but that doesn't matter. You just got to win by a point. So they found a way. And for how much their offensive line is beat up, I mean, and for how many times Rodgers has a clean pocket with these, how many, what are we on earth? Uh, we had Kelly in there. What is he, our third, the third guy in that spot? Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, second. Second, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, just we're, we're not dealing with health at all. You know, they haven't been healthy. Rogers, thankfully, we only kind of went through that little skid when he got COVID with just a loss. So overall, I think this team is exceeding expectation. I think they're um, going to meet expectations and continue to exceed the whole way. I think this is the year where everything's kind of coming together. If you look across the league, um, there's not too many teams that I'm too worried about. Um, there are teams I'm concerned about, but I think if they just show up and keep doing what they've been doing, they're going to be in pretty good shape. Obviously, our special teams has mm-hmm. to get something figured out. I just can't put my finger on it as to why they continue to struggle like they do. I think Mo Drayton knows what he's doing. I think these guys don't go out there trying to screw up. I just don't know what it is. If they're, if it's too much, maybe they got too much put on one side, you know, and intensity on something. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I can't figure it out. I imagine this isn't a popular take, but I've thought this since Mo Drayton took over. Like, I love listening to him in his interviews. I think he just, the energy that he brings and just everything about it. I do enjoy listening to him. But yeah, like you said, what the disconnect is, none of us know because, I mean, it doesn't even look like they're, they're you know, they're that aware or they know what's going on in the in the building in regards to the special teams unit. Luke, are you from Wisconsin? You, you, have you followed the Packers your entire life, or is that just more since yeah. coming to the area? No, I've I've lived all of my years in eastern Wisconsin. Okay. My career has brought me um, as far north as Rhinelander. Mm-hmm. I spent a good chunk of my life in Milwaukee, and I've been here now nine years. But I grew up um, just down the road in Two Rivers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a Lakeshore guy. 30 minutes down the road, lifelong Packer fan was grew up in the eighties. So, you know, you just kind of were a Packer fan because you had to be. Um, but then when Farvey came along and all of those great years in the nineties, and then, you know, it just solidified and, you know, I have children, they're Packers. My son is an adamant Packers fan. He's in eighth grade. You know, it's just something when you're born here, 99 times out of 100, you're going to gravitate towards that. There's some anomalies to it. Like I have some friends that have, you know, they're for whatever reason, they're Bears fans or they're, you know, Bengals fans or something. Like, I don't know why, but, <laughs> but you know, being from here, yeah, it's it's natural. No, absolutely. You're 100% right. It's uh, I describe it to folks as it's just just the way of life around here. It's what you do on Sundays. Um, again, we greatly appreciate your time. And before we uh, get you out of here, Saturday, Packers take on the Browns. Any final thoughts? And then if you don't mind, what's your prediction? You know, I, I think that this is a game that they can't overlook. Um, I know, I don't know if, is Mayfield cleared? Is he, was he on the COVID list this past he, week? Last week he's, he was, He's yeah. still um, there. I think they're, ho- I think they're hopeful that he'll come off, but he's still yeah. technically on it. You know, Baker Mayfield is a really exceptionally good, talented quarterback. So I wouldn't look past him. I believe, uh, didn't Rodgers and him, I think they share a quarterback's coach. Um, Alex Van Pelt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. AVP, I think, is in Cleveland. And so, you know, there's a lot of, like, you know, things that you could see that Rodgers and him kind of share. And, in fact, Rodgers was talking about it lately. Um, for instance, like the ball fake on a handoff. Mm-hmm. That's an AVP thing. Um, so I think I think you can't overlook um, that quarterback. I think we take this game and, you know, our special teams, you know, we just can't have them hurt us, right? Even if it's just an even, like if they don't really do much, we're fine. But they can't hurt us. We can't give up 
a muff punt or a fumble on a return or something like that. If we can do that, I think that's it's a it's an easy win for us at home, given this time of the year and this time of the uh, season with the injuries that everybody has. I'd probably see something like a 35 to 24 game, something like that. Absolutely. Very well said, sir. We greatly appreciate you coming in. Like I said, this is I appreciate uh, you guys having me on anytime you ever need any, you know, uh, hybrid weather slash football talk. You let me know. That's what we're we're trying to legitimize our not only our football (laughs) takes, but our weather takes here, Luke. And that's why we brought you on. And I just hope I just hope your your score prediction is as accurate as your weather report. That's what I'm really hoping on this week. Hey, I've had some big busts in my forecasts as well in my time. So we'll see. (laughs) Lately, we've been all right, but it's, it's certainly not perfect. Excellent. Well, you have a good time with your family and fun watching that game with your son. And uh, Merry Christmas to you. You bet. Merry Christmas, guys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Matt and I will continue on here with our game preview. Usually, we are strictly the injury report. We'll get into that here a little bit, but we'll focus on the upcoming matchup. So, first up, we already had briefly mentioned that Baker Mayfield is on the COVID list. There are a number of Cleveland Browns who are on the COVID list at the moment. Not going to run through all of them, but some of the big names right now, Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry still on there. Uh, Who else we got? J.C. Treader, Jedrick Willis, Mm -hmm. two of their offensive linemen. Treader was just put on on Thursday. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Malik McDowell on the defensive tackle. Mac Wilson, Tony Fields at linebacker, Greg Newsom, Troy Hill, Adrian Green cornerback. So Greg Newsom was just put on this week. So uh, in all likelihood, he won't be on the field either. This is a talented cornerback group that the Cleveland Browns have. And then at safety, Ronnie Harrison Jr. So I'm not sure when, you know, there's a lot of them here. And obviously we don't follow the Browns that closely. So I'm not sure. I'm sure there's the opportunity for some of these players to potentially come off because I know the Browns have been battling these, these, the COVID going through the locker room for, at least a week now, if not more. So some of these players may be off by the time, by the time Saturday rolls around and eligible for the game, but man, they're going through it in that regard. And then as far as the Packers injury report goes, Kenny Clark is back at practice. However, it's important to note that, and we're recording this on Thursday, just so everyone's Mm -hmm. clear, um, getting this in because of the holidays. 
but Kenny Clark's back at practice. However, he's still not officially out of COVID protocol. LaFleur said he's still, they have to go through heart tests and things of that nature, medical tests, just to make sure that they're fully good to go. So, but expectation is that he's going to play. MVS is just put on the COVID list this past week. Again, if he tests negative and is asymptomatic, he could come back. But I think the expectation is that he's not going to play. And then Equinemia St. Brown, he is good to go. Dominique Daphne is questionable. So, Matt, mm-hmm. Kenny Clark, obviously getting him back is important, especially against this Browns run game. What are your what are your, just your overall thoughts on the Packers injury report? I think it's honestly you look across the league and it, it's pretty minimal compared to how it could be, whether that be COVID or just where the injuries are at right now. And I think the big three we're still waiting on, obviously, is Zadarius, Bakhtiar, and Jair. When they're coming back probably depends on success at this point and how the rest of the NFC is falling. Last week, no one in their in their right mind would have predicted the Lions beating the Cardinals, but they did help the Packers a little bit build a gap between the uh, second, third, fourth seeds, et cetera, et cetera. So right now I think it's it's not too bad. You basically swap out MVS and Kenny Clark with the COVID situation, but overall, like, COVID's not running rampant to the locker room. Um, no other huge names are are out. I mean, Billy Turner sucks that he was a DNP all week, still out, probably won't play that much. Um, they didn't have practice at all on Tuesday, which, I mean, obviously, we're, it's already been talked about on Packaday, but that was some concern going through and seeing what the hell that was going to happen because that was overall, like, who knows if there was an outbreak going on. But I don't think it's that bad, really, Paul. I mean, on Tuesday, I think and it was the Wednesday uh, video version on YouTube that Andy did with uh, Bailey Burmaster and Rachel Hopmeyer. I think they, they counted up like 22 players at the time when they recorded, I'm assuming Tuesday night for the Browns. So like relatively, um, those were, I think COVID and injury related. And it's obviously been added and, you know, redacted since then, um, on players. So I think it's not too bad for, for where things are. I feel like every time I refresh my Twitter account, it's uh, either a player across the league, a couple players in the league. They're bringing up guys from the practice squad there. It's so it's, it's crazy. And I think the Packers have done a hell of a job of containing it throughout this year. Cause it really hasn't broke uh, like into the running back room. Like we saw last year at takeover. So I think overall it's, it's, it's exceeded my expectations where I thought it could be at this point. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, like I said, it's not a, uh, absolute certainty yet, but expectations are Kenny Clark will be back. And yeah, man, exactly. what a week for him to come back. First off, this Browns offensive line, they're down JC Treader, but this is a very stout unit and they're going up against Nick Chubb. He's averaging 5.4 yards per carry this year. As a team, the Browns, I believe I saw they're averaging over five and a half. So mm-hmm. this is a very run heavy team. And what will be interesting to see is we know the Joe Barry defense. It's what they've been doing, what it's designed to do is to take away the pass. They've basically been inviting the opponent to run the ball. That's why I think the the run defense is better this year. It absolutely is. But the numbers may not necessarily necessarily reflect mm-hmm. that because teams are still running for 4.3, 4.5 yards per rush against them. But when you factor in that, it's basically the defensive front, and that's about it as the, the one line of run defense and not a ton of extra help. They're holding up well, and as we talked about, I believe it was last week's episode, Matt said that the Packers are still yet to allow a 100-yard rusher, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's impressive in its own right. But it's going to be interesting to see how, if they switch it up this week. We saw against Minnesota, they went a little bit more with players towards the line of scrimmage because of Dalvin Cook. Also, we saw Barry try to apply more pressure to 
uh, Kirk Cousins. They didn't have Rashawn Gary that game. So I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to watch and see how it unfolds and what the specific game plan that they draw up is in that regard. And one other thing I just want to mention about MVS, who we don't expect to play, it's easy to think about the deep ball ability that he brings because that's his bread and butter. It's what he does best. And there's no one else on the team that can do what he specifically does. I mean, Devontae Adams, obviously, he's a big play waiting to happen. Robert Tunyon, when he's healthy, Aaron Jones, all those guys can make big plays. We've seen Alan Lazard, but nobody has 4-3-7 speed. But what's but in addition to not having him, there's other parts of this of his game that are going to be missed. He's really turned into a very or a nice, well-rounded receiver, I should say. Of course, there's a run blocking ability that Matt LaFleur covets at the receiver position there's also just the fact of him being on the field like that 437 speed that attracts the attention of opposing defenses opens up opportunities for others but we saw last week against the ravens i mean that was easily his best game of the season not even close and it wasn't just because he had five receptions for 98 yards it's how he did it he had a reception that went for a touchdown so a red zone catch he had a third down catch or two he had a catch a big catch in the two-minute drill he was lining up out wide making catches. He was lining up in the slot making catches. He was catching deep balls. He was catching intermediate routes that he turned into yak. I mean, we just saw, you know, we this isn't the MBS that we saw in 2018 and 2019. He's really done a nice job of developing his game and becoming more than just that big ball threat. So I, I always just like to try to mention that. And I believe I talked about that too when he was first placed on IR after the Niners game just because of how, uh, you know, how much he can add to this offense more in the deep ball. And there's going to be more that's missed than just that aspect of it. No doubt, no doubt. And I think it's, you hit it on the head. Like he had a great game. A lot of it, I think has to do with, you know, him probably being fully healthy. I know it's been a couple weeks since he's been back from the hamstring, but I think the biggest thing was just, and it was talked about a ton this week of how much extra attention Devante was getting. Right. And it opened up opportunities that he had to make plays. Um, and you, you, I mean, again, the four, three speed, whether that's, a 60-yard bomb that he catches from Rodgers or a couple of shot plays, just that speed alone to push those safeties back on a secondary that's normally, when healthy, really damn good for the Browns. Um, still pretty good at this point. I know they've had guys with COVID. Newsom was added. Ward's been battling an injury. Looks like he'll be back. John Johnson's now out with a hamstring. So regardless, uh, it's 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 unfortunate MVS won't be there because that speed, I think, helps and creates more plays underneath for everyone else, whether that's Devontae Adams or, you know, big dog or whoever the hell you want to say it's it everyone benefits from having a guy with that amount of speed out there so he'll be missed and hopefully he can get back as soon as possible for this playoff run absolutely uh, on the browns injury report the two big names not covid report but the injury report mm-hmm. safety john johnson uh he was a part of that dynamic safety duel yeah. with the la rams last year yep. he has already been ruled out and then miles garrett miles garrett is questionable he injured his groin against the Raiders on Monday night. He didn't leave the game. He still played 61 defensive snaps. And in his his own words following that game, you're going to have to kill me to take me off the field. So he did not practice this week. He's listed as questionable. But, I mean, based on that statement alone, I would venture to say that he is going to play. And listen to this quote from Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers earlier this week. So Garrett, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. 68 pressures, the third most among said rushers. And he ranks uh, fourth in their pass rush productivity rate, which is an efficiency metric. He's an absolute game wrecker. Rodgers goes, he's just a monster. He's a fantastic player. He legitimately has gold jacket possibilities in the future. Essentially calling him a future Hall of Famer if he continues on the trajectory that he's currently on. Absolute game wrecker. So 
if we're under the assumption, and again, he's questionable, but if we're under the assumption that Garrett is going to play, Matt, how are we feeling about this Packers offensive line? They've held up well. They absolutely have. But Miles Garrett is a different animal. He is a different animal. And you can compare and contrast who they've gone up against those this far. You know, uh, Nick Bosa, gone up against TJ Watt, gone up against um, Aaron Donald. I mean, Robert Quinn. The list goes on and on of some dynamic uh, edge rushers. I mean, I'm omitting the week seven, absolutely, you know, like Chase Young and those animals down there, Jonathan Allen, like those guys. Like they've gone up against some pretty damn good fronts, but Miles Garrett is just that tier above. Now, maybe it drops him back down a tier because he is battling that groin injury. We'll see what he can do. Um, I hope they're able to contain him, but he's a guy that can wreck games. I mean, I'd put him in the same category right now as Aaron Donald, and it's just. Aaron Donald's probably having a down year in, in retrospect of, you know, his statistics, but really like, I think the best thing that they can do is just contain him. Um, I, they've done really, really well this year on, on chipping guys, but that was back when Robert Tunyon was healthy. I felt like now that he's gone and they have to rely maybe on, you know, Mercedes being in there more and takes away a pass catcher where they're kind of limited that way. And you mentioned Daphne, like they just got to be creative with the offensive line. That's really what it comes down to um, get him in space, make miles Garrett move, make him move around, make him not run up field. And generally that would be the case regardless. But the fact that he's injured with that groin, you, you're going to want to move him laterally. Like that's get him, get him frustrated, get him, kind of tweaking that thing and hopefully he can you know slow himself down and take himself out of the game but more than likely he'll have a, a player too but if they, they if they can omit him like they did with all those other guys i mentioned i wouldn't be surprised because the way that they've they've been able to the game plan around these great pass rushers have gone up against this year has been really kind of impressive to me because i at you know the first first couple games of the season especially you know week three week four i i expected it to be a problem and they kind of nipped him in the butt right away first the niners I think there's one play and obviously they made an adjustment and it was done for um and they really haven't had any problems since so i i expect them to be able to handle it. i don't see why miles Garrett would be any different with that injury yeah i mean even if he's hampered you still assume that it's going to be a handful for yeah. the Green Bay Packers offensive line. And as we've as we've discussed already, this group has done a terrific job. Adam Stenovich, the players, Matt LaFleur, Luke Butkus, assistant offensive line coach. Uh, but of course it's come with some help as well. I in these for a game like this with and it's not just Miles Garrett, the the Browns also have Jadavian Clowney, who mm-hmm. is on the COVID list. He mm-hmm. could possibly come off because I know he was added uh, i believe it was before last week's game so he could possibly come off as well but that's a stout defensive front that they have and i think back to the rams game when again another very good defensive front and just how green bay was able to mitigate that the quick passing game i mean that's the best best way if if rogers is getting the ball out of his hands in two two and a quarter seconds like even for a miles garrett that's tough to get there in that span of time matt you had mentioned the tight end chips and also to it it doesn't seem like it, but the run game, when you're allowing your offensive line to be the aggressor, you know, that's another way to put them in a position where, you know, they can be the dominant force or try to be, and then motion, play action, all that stuff. So I expect to see plenty of that to try to mitigate uh, Miles Garrett and this uh, Cleveland pass rush. But I always have to point this out, mm-hmm. not to be negative, but as good as Aaron Rodgers has been this year, if we look at some key stats like passer rating, yards per attempt, completion percentage, he's actually been one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure this season. So, really? yep, get the ball, get the ball out of his hands. And again, I think back to that that Los Angeles Rams game plan that they had in that regard. 
One other item I want to address here. Mm-hmm. The Browns tight ends. So we just saw a week ago, Mark Andrews do basically whatever he wanted against this Green Bay Packers defense. And Mark Andrews does that to a lot of teams. But the frustrating part, I think many of us felt, was that when you looked at the Browns game plan going in, there were kind of a few key principles of like, all right, Packers have to stop this, this, this. Ravens are going to want to run a lot. Uh, We need to try to keep Tyler Huntley in the pocket. And he's going to target Mark Andrews a ton. And early on, Savage was having those struggles. We didn't see any sort of adjustments. There was no double team. There wasn't really an attempt to take away his go-to receiver or pass catcher who had 13 targets that game. We look ahead to this week with Cleveland. Now, no individual tight end on this Cleveland team is Mark Andrews. They are not. He is he is superior. But collectively, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant, they have almost 1,000 yards between them, 950. They have seven touchdowns. Hooper and Njoku are second and third on the team in targets. All three tight ends, I believe, are top six on the team or top seven in yards with Njoku and Hooper being in the top four. They're heavily targeted. The Browns use two tight ends on the field on 44% of their plays. They use three tight ends on 19% of the time. To put the little context with that, second place is 9%. There's going to be a lot of the tight ends in this game, and I think that's going to be one of the big keys when we look at key players, the linebackers and the safeties trying to take those guys uh, out of the game and covering them as best they can because they're going to be featured heavily. Fans need to expect a heavy dose of those three players. Matt, any thoughts on the tight ends or is there anything else that you'll be looking at in particular? Yeah, I'm super glad you brought that up. When I was looking towards this game this week, I was like, you know, worried about Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt's bad on that ankle. He's got COVID. Dernus Johnson, decent back. And obviously like those receivers, like they're all like Odell's not there anymore. Jarvis is, I, I think is he is COVID or whatever the hell like Devon, uh, Devin people's Jones, like, or Donovan people's Jones. He's a decent receiver, but he's, he makes mistakes from time to time. And I went back and looked at the tight end room. I'm like, Oh shoot. Like, rather you know they've been injured this year have been on COVID or whatever but Austin Hooper's coming back this week Najoku's decent and he's I think he's battling injury right now and Harrison Bryant's a solid talent so you combine those guys and you 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 nailed it Paul like you you go back to what the Ravens game plan was this last week and they executed to I mean exactly what they needed to do they used mark andrews as a matchup nightmare there's so many plays where just it didn't make sense how he got open whether it was a five yard curl or you know a long streaking route across the back of the end zone like it just it didn't make sense so now you add a couple other guys to the mix that can do all different things with hooper Najoku and bryant like that you got to think that that's who they're going to rely on um like you said those sets the the stats they're like 44 percent on with two tight end sets regardless if Najoku can go they still got the two guys with hooper and bryant and you have to think that's the focal point when if the run game stifled, since they really only have one featured back right now, really no receiver that can threaten any of the cornerbacks out there from whoever it is lined up in front of people's Jones. I got to imagine the tight ends, the number one thing, and hopefully the Packers defense can correct it this week, because like you mentioned, you know, there's not a lot of other people that can stack up against Mark Andrews. He's kind of his own type of um, tight end. He doesn't really fall in the category, in my opinion, of Kelsey Kittle, Darren Waller. Um, he kind of does his own thing. And but like uh, combining those three tight ends, if they're all healthy, um, that'll be a huge matchup for the Packers because they had trouble trouble stopping trouble stopping one guy, let alone two or three. So 
Um, I love that you brought that up because I think that is that combined with the run games, the only way that the um, Browns can win. And I think Baker, whether like Luke mentioned, if he's coming off COVID or not, like a little time away for Baker, I think wasn't a bad thing. I mean, he's been really, really freaking banged up this year, a lot of injuries. So maybe a little COVID relaxation, if that's even possible, is helping his body repair a little bit. But there is a path forward for the Browns to win this game. And those tight ends, like you said, are exactly one of the top two ways that I think they could get it done. This is one of those games where I think as it's unfolding, Packers fans, Packers Twitter, I could see them being very upset with the defense. Because we mentioned mm-hmm. the strong Browns run game. And circling back to basically when we started this convo, is Joe Barry going to put more guys closer yep. to the line of scrimmage to stop that or continue to play and stop the pass? And I could also see a lot of semi-easy completions to the tight ends. You know, Not that they're necessarily going to be for 40 yards like Mark Andrews, because again, individually these guys aren't Mark Andrews, but collectively they've been productive. So I could see a number of you know, 7, 8, 10, 12-yard completions from this trio meticulously moving the ball down the field. So I could absolutely seeing this be a game that frustrates Green Bay Packers fans. So Matt, mm-hmm. anything to add? And of course, we're game previewing this, although we still oh, yeah. have to give it anyways. What mm-hmm. is your prediction? The last thing I want to add is just, like I said, kind of when I alluded to there, like Baker Mayfield, like he's a guy that plays with a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence. And I think if he's able to build that up in a historic place like Lambeau Field, his favorite player all time was Brett Favre. Obviously, the classic photo of him comparing him on mm-hmm. draft day to Brett Favre with the jean shorts, super super <laughs> fire photo. Like, I think, and it, it's just, I think any sort of confidence you give to Baker coming into Lambeau on Christmas Day is just, it's super scary. And I really do think that he's going to be playing a little bit better, a little bit more polished. Assuming that these injuries were just like he needed a little a week off to mend, right? Um, assuming he passes COVID protocol, I would say more than likely the COVID protocol is probably a tougher go at this point in the in the season, the way the NFL is transitioning it, than those injuries, because I feel like he's battled through those um, on his own. Um, but overall, I think the Packers do win this game. There is an opportunity for the Browns to win. Um, I was concerned about this game probably a lot more a few weeks ago, maybe a little bit after Thanksgiving, not as much anymore with the way that their team's depleted right now with injuries and COVID's running rampant through that locker room. But uh, overall, I got the Packers winning. I think last I checked, it was seven and a half, eight points, whatever. I like to use the line this year to, to make some predictions to pretend I know what I'm talking about. Um, the last <laughs> I saw, too, is like 43 and a half, 44, something around those lines. Uh, I'm going to stick with the same prediction I've been going with all week. It's uh, 30 to 13 Packers. It's probably a little bit wider margin than expected. I could easily see it being a closer uh, match, like, uh, or excuse, matchup like Luke mentioned. I don't, I, I, that seems like a lot of points. Though collectively, what did you say? Like it would almost be like 59 points. That seems like a ton to mm-hmm. me. Um, but there's a possibility. I mean, that that Rams game kind of got out of hand like that too. Um, so if you think it could be that situation, I just don't know if the Rams offense is that firepower and where that game was played and everything. It's just I, it, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. Although it was in Green Bay, but different weather at the time. So, um, yeah, 30-13 Packers and just. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see. I, I I I want Baker to have a fun, fun, enjoyable game there, and I hope they can make it competitive. But I don't see how they win this game at all. What are, What are your thoughts? Yeah, before we even get to like the football aspect of it, and we look at COVID. I mean, we went through the list. The Browns are they're really fighting through it right now. Terrible. Um, it's a short week, like even shorter. They just played Monday night because their previous game had to be moved because of COVID. Uh-huh. They're traveling. They're on the road. 
it's Lambo in December. I know we can't quantify that, but it's Lambo in December and it's Christmas night. And Aaron Rodgers, he's tied Brett Favre for the most touchdowns in Packers history. Chances are he's going to break that. So again, those aren't quantifiable things. That's just, you know, in the air stuff that you, that I believe to some degree matters in the game. Oh, yeah. And then there's the football aspect of it. This is a talented there's a lot of talent on this Browns team and in part that's you know the biggest reason for I guess just the general disappointment that I'm guessing Browns fans feel the season because they are seven and seven but there is a lot of talent on this team we know Baker Mayfield he's been up and down but we know he can put on a show Jarvis Landry at receiver Nick Chubb is a very good offensive line the three tight ends Miles Garrett Jadavian Clowney solid cornerbacks as well I don't think I mean I could absolutely see this Browns defense giving Green Bay some trouble to move the ball if you look at any of their you know any like the key stats that kind of define a defense's performance they don't have many where they're ranked you know two or three they're more towards the middle of the pack but solid cornerbacks a solid pass rush obviously that's a recipe to have success so again as Matt you had mentioned this this is a talented team but the Packers are more talented and then for all the reasons that I mentioned I just Mm -hmm. I just don't see how they're not going to come away with the win this week so I have Green Bay taking this one 2717. They're going to cover. All right. I like that. I like that score. I think that's, I, I agree I feel with that. Like, I feel like for every prediction this year, I've been in literally the same ballpark. It's between like 17 and 31. And I get that. <laughs> I guess, but I feel like I'm always like 31, 20, 28, 24. Yeah. I mean, it just, there's very little variance. I feel the same. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel like I've never. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've been, but, but to probably both of our credits, there's only been, if you stuck with that, there's only been a few games where it's been actually mm-hmm. like that far off. There's only been a few outliers like that. So it's, I guess if it's working, stick with it. But that, I just, I feel like that offense, like the offense is going to score a couple touchdowns. Most of the teams that are playing like offensively aren't that great. And if they are, like there's, there's, I mean, they're kind of handicapped with certain things, whether it's the run game, the pass game, injuries, COVID. So, like, I don't think it's that too far off to stick in that range. And Packers are a damn good football team. They're going to win games mm-hmm. by that margin. Absolutely. And one other, you know, one other Christmas wish, Green mm-hmm. Bay. Um, let's just limit the special teams errors. How about only, like, two or three this week? You know, it's cut in half. <laughs> just, I mean, just stop stop doing stuff that I just, like, I, I, the, I don't want to get too much of a tangent here, but it's like, I thought I saw everything that they could possibly do up to this point and through 14 weeks. And then last week, it was just like a whole new, a whole plethora of new things. Like, it, I just I can't do it. Like, they, if they're going to, like, add to this book of, like, bad special teams, like, again, with new stuff, like, I don't know if I can take it anymore. But, yeah, just like like Luke said, just, like, keep it even. Neutralize it. If that's all that it comes out with, shoot, I'm fine with that. I'm even okay with one or two blunders. But anything mm-hmm. more than that is just like, let, let's just <laughs> knock it off. I tweeted during last week's game. I said, like, I'm literally speechless. And I was because I just can't believe week after week you see, like, there's been more errors against the, in the last two games than yep. many teams will have over an entire season. Yep. Like, if we took the errors from the Bears game, the errors from the Ravens game, sprinkled it out over 16 games, at the end of the year we'd still be like, huh, that's special teams, and it's not very good. Nope. And that was literally two weeks of football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They got to clean it up. We all know that because come January, come the playoffs, your your weaknesses are magnified. And that is absolutely a reason when you're playing Tampa Bay, when you're playing the Rams, when you're playing Dallas, that you will get sent home. And as good as this offense is, Aaron Rodgers' season, the defense, one of the better defenses Green Bay's had in years, 
man, that would hurt to get sent home because of special teams. But it is Christmas. We won't talk anymore, anymore, anything more negative. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Matt, what do you what do you have on tap this upcoming week or anything that's come out in the past few days? Yeah, uh, final dump episode that would come out, I guess, yesterday. Um, just plugging through the holidays, right? Trying to figure out when to record with everyone and when to put out content without, you know, being too much of a bad uh, boyfriend, family member, <laughs> or uh, sibling. Um, also, just continue to follow everyone on Game on Wisconsin, Pack-A-Day podcast. Things are going really, really damn well there. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel on Pack-A-Day, please do that. Andy is incredible. I know he took a I don't even want to say a break because he was able to continue to have it, but had some vacation and he was able to have some other people sub in. So I know Janelle was on there, Alex Strofe, I think Jacob, Dan, whoever else. I think you might. Did you even do one, Paul? Or no? I might, no. no, not that. Okay. So he had, he had a couple weeks going there, but it's it's awesome. So make sure you're checking that out and follow everyone on um, Pack-A-Day Podcast. Also, follow Luke Sampy, uh, WFRV Channel 5 on Twitter, at Luke, S-A-M-P-E. He's a great like I wasn't like mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to just tell him that like I think he's a great follow he's hilarious he's super engaging and like of all the meteorologists in Green Bay he's like my favorite one because he's, he's like he said he's got he's got hybrid he's got the meteorology takes and he's got the Packer takes you know what the hell he's talking about I mean he's he's bringing he's bringing up the Alex Van Pelt I mean that's good yeah, stuff exactly. right there that's wonderful. It, like I said initially it was our worlds colliding it was a Saturday pocket packet a podcast there's our worlds colliding and yes it's channel five I have cable so it's channel six that's why I slipped up but channel five it is you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Bradley. You can find all my work at Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV. Everyone, we do greatly appreciate you tuning in, not just today because it is Christmas, but just in general, we do greatly appreciate it. So Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, enjoy the game today, and as always, Go Pack Go! The right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.